This is November the 21st, 2021. Reverend Mike Capps bringing the morning message. Where are the nine? We'll start off with the praise team. Pharisees called him a devil, called Zebra Stripe. Soldiers called him the king of the Jews and mocked him as he hung and died. Pilate called him an innocent man, tried to wash blood off his hands. But the crowd called aloud that day, saying, Crucify that man. I call him Father, friend, the beginning and the end. I call him a constant companion. He's there to the thick and thin. I call him when there ain't nobody, when it's just me and him. I call him my everything. I call him Father, friend, the beginning and the end. I call him a constant companion. He's there to the thick and thin. I call him when there ain't nobody, when it's just me and him. carpenter's son but mary caught him her baby boy every evening when the day was done the blind man called him son of david please have mercy on me he made the lame to walk and the dumb to talk and he made that blind man see i call him father friend the beginning and the end i call him a constant companion he's there Thick and thin, I call him when there ain't nobody, when it's just me and him. I call him my everything. Well, I caught him at an old time altar when I fell down on my knees, and I call him in the good times and the bad times in between. Mind. And I called him in that midnight hour And he showed up right on time I call him Father, friend, the beginning and the end I call him a constant companion He's there through the thick and thin I call him when there ain't nobody When it's just me and him I call him Son, but Mary caught him her baby boy every evening when the day was done. The blind man called him son of David. Please have mercy on me. He made the lame to walk and the dumb to talk, and he made that blind man see. I call him father, friend, the beginning and the end. I call him a constant companion. He's there through the thick and thin. I Him, I call him my everything. Well, I called him 
I'm altered When I fell down on my knees And I call them in the good times And the bad times in between I call him to heal my body And I call him to ease my mind And I call him in that midnight hour And he shows up right on time I call him Father, friend, the beginning and the end I call him a constant companion He's there through the thick and thin I call him when there ain't nobody When it's just me and him I call him by everything I call him Father, friend, the beginning and the end I call him a constant companion He's there through the thick and thin I call him when there ain't nobody When it's just me and him everything today? Amen. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. He has promised that he'd open all of heaven. And brother, Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody ever tried to catch a bus that was pulling off? I mean, you ever tried to, somebody about to run off and leave you and, uh, and, and you got to chase them down? Yeah, that's what I feel like right now. I feel like I'm chasing after something this morning that's trying to, that's trying to go, trying to pull out and, uh, and I'm just trying to jump on and, and stay on and, and go where it's going. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, when you get turned loose like that, you got to do something. Amen. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't take up the offering anymore, so we can't do that. Uh, but um, I never told you about the offering. That, that, I got filled with the Holy Ghost while they were taking up the offering uh, during revival service. And, and that's why I'm a little bit like I am anyway, I guess. That's when, that's when, that's when I was ready and, and that's when the Lord was ready and, and that's when it happened. And so I get happy when it's offering time and uh, this would be offering time. But we, we're not gonna walk down the aisles because of the uh, CDC and guidelines like that. We're doing it a little bit different. And, and I think sometimes that it actually helps out that way as people drop in their offering before they come and be seated. Uh, I remember years ago when we would take up an offering on Sunday night and we didn't get very much. And, and the ushers would come down and when I prayed over it, it was hard not to, it was hard to keep a straight face uh, to, to pray over it because it was so little. It was almost like the little, the loaves and the fishes. The Lord would really have to stretch that. So we, we started calling it Samaritan's Purse and we would save it up and when it got at such an amount, we'd just give it away um, to a person when it equaled to about a couple of days wages, I mean, that's what a Samaritan did. He gave the innkeeper enough to uh, take care of that man that he found by the wayside. And, and when it came to an amount where it was about a couple of days wages, we looked somebody up, up that, was, that was needy and that's where it would go. So that made the offering a whole lot better after that, even when it was small or large. And actually it increased when we did that. And people, it was just something that we gave away. And freely have received, freely give. That's what Jesus said. Oh, I don't want to bring this down too far before we get started again. This is, uh, this is good. Something good is gonna happen. Something good's already happened. I came into church dragging today. I didn't make it last Sunday when the pastor called me on November the 9th to ask me to fill in for him. Uh, I, I, um, I, I did it reluctantly. I, I told him that I thought I had said enough. <laughs> I, I spoke a little bit much the last time that I did speak and I felt a little bit that I had said enough. I said, I don't know whether they want to hear much anything I got to say anymore or not. But, uh, but I couldn't put him off. He wouldn't take a no for an answer. And then the next week I got this stuff that I've been going through that my wife is going through now that it sounds like that Sister Carolyn seems to be going through. And, and I was just trying to take care of myself for a whole week 
so I would be able to stand up here and do this today. And I didn't know whether I would lie. Praise God, he's, my voice is strong. Uh, now, now I feel it. Uh, the Lord has touched me. Uh, he, he's touched me. Because I didn't know whether I'd make it to the end of the service or not. Thought, sure, you'd get a short message today that, that my voice would just give out and, and we could have the benediction. We could all go home and get out early today. But, uh, but hopefully, I can, hopefully I can do what I've promised to do a couple of times in the past. And, and I preach a message that is, that is not as long. But you're so good to me. You, you put up with me. And, and I thank you for that. Brother Randy, what... Well, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Amen. I have felt the hand of God on my shoulder. I love God. It was a heavy hand, a convicting hand, but it was a warm hand. Amen. And I know, I know it was God. That hand got so heavy. The very same night, I'm disrespecting a man. That hand got so heavy before I laid my head on my pillow, I had to go back and apologize to that man. And I just pray God's mercy over my life. He just put a spirit in me that just. When I'm alone, I'm just meditating on God. Praise, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I truly feel like it all started with a sermon. What does it matter? Because I had to get all that junk out of my life before I could let some more in. Amen. I thank you, brother. And I ask you today to speak your heart out. You made this happen for me. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Thank, thank you all. Thank y'all for, for uh, allowing me to, to go on. I don't preach as much as I used to. I used to preach three times a week. So a whole lot of it is, is where I get filled up and then I squeak, the Lord squeezes it out on you and, and uh, he squeezes. As long as he squeezes, I keep oozing. So uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. But I've, I've, uh, I do have tonight, tonight we have... Uh, uh, I had a dream this morning, and the message for tonight changed. I was going to do a going to do a uh, uh, a lesson like we did the last time, but it'll be on Jonah. I think I think we have some fun with it, a little fun with it, and a little serious stuff too in in the book of Jonah. But uh, come tonight for that. But I've, I've dressed up because. Uh, I knew that I wouldn't sound too good, so I wanted to look good today. So this is about the best you've ever seen me today. Um, and, and I tried to look good to make up, tried to, tried to do something to make up for what was lacking on, on that occasion. The bulletin today, look at that. We're, we're going to speak about being thankful today, about gratitude. Uh, that's, what, that's what the intention of this message is about to to raise, raise the bar on gratitude. Uh, I know that we're thankful, but I hope that after this message is over that we will be extra thankful. Um, last year, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of Thanksgiving things were called off. 
our, our governor, they, they put out a little video about the governor peeking in the window to make sure that you didn't have too many people at your house. Uh, for Thanksgiving, that you would observe the guidelines and things, and uh, and and it was just it was just different. So I hope that this year's Thanksgiving will make up for whatever was lacking last year. I hope the Lord really blesses you, and you're able to be with your family, and you'll have memories that are that are so precious. And the Lord will really bless you at this Thanksgiving. Gratitude is the inward feeling of kindness received. Thankfulness is the natural impulse to express that feeling. And thanksgiving is the following of that impulse. Do we act on those things? Sometimes uh, we're going to talk about nine that acted a different than the other one did. And uh, uh, you could turn around after, well, what would you say? I hope you're not one of the nine. So you could, you could turn to your neighbor even now and say, I hope you're not one of the nine. So let's read in Luke chapter 17, uh, 11 through 19. Read the entire text. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst or the border of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers. And they stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. No, I circle that word mercy. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine that are not given here found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger or foreigner? And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole or well or complete. I hope you ain't one of the nine. All of us, I believe, would like to think of ourselves as being that one that would certainly turn around and thank God for what he's done for us, that we wouldn't be in that majority. But the majority of them just kept on going, but one of them turned around and he is the one that we want to focus our attention on more than, more than all the others. Now, the region of Galilee and Samaria was a place of rejection. It, uh, you know, the Samaritans were considered different than, than being a whole Jew. In fact, they were, they were of a mixed blood. They were a people that during the Assyrian captivity, one of the ways that they conquered the people, that they would take people that were in this land and they would transport them over to this other land. And they would take the people out of that land and transport them into this land. And that would cause the languages to be mixed and the people to be mixed and they would lose their identity and their, and their pedigree in that manner. So the Samaritans were looked down upon. In fact, uh, there was a time, you know the stories, how Jesus talked to the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. 
And one of her answers to Jesus was, I thought you all didn't even talk to us. You didn't have anything to do with us because we're different. We're, uh, we're what they, well, they were mixed blood. They were half-breed. And they were looked down upon. They were rejects. And Galilee is the place where Jesus had his boyhood home. It's where the town of Nazareth is up in the northern part. If you were to look at the, the nation of Israel way up to the north in the Galilean area, would, you'd find the town of Nazareth where Jesus' boyhood home was. In fact, they, uh, Jesus was known as Jesus of Nazareth. And when Nathanael was approached by his brother, and his brother says, you need to come see a man that, uh, that tells us everything about us. And he knows all things. And, and uh, he told him that he was Jesus of Nazareth. And you know the answer that Dan Nathaniel gave, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's, that's a place where nobodies are. That's a place where nothing happens. And, and it's just where rejects are. People that live on the other side of the tracks and so forth. But it was Jesus' boyhood home. Eleven of the twelve disciples came from Galilee. Twenty-five of, 30, of the thirty-three miracles that Jesus did were done in the region of Galilee. Nineteen of the thirty-two parables that Jesus spoke were spoken in the region of Galilee. And later on, Galilee became the headquarters of Jesus' ministry. And from that point, he would move out to all the areas, even down to Jerusalem and, and so forth. This occurrence right here where Jesus uh, approaches this city and finds these ten lepers, this is toward the end of Jesus' ministry. It's in the third year of his ministry. In chapter 18, you'll find the healing of Bartimaeus, the blind man. And it, you'd find out that he was going, he was entering Jericho and he was passing through Jericho and he would never go through Jericho again. So that was the last opportunity that Bartimaeus would ever have. And he cried out unto Jesus for Jesus to heal his blindness. And so this was the final time that he would be in this area as well. One of the things that I look at this is that Jesus did a blanket healing. When you study the healing of Jesus, you'll, you'll notice that on one occasion he took, he took mud and, and he took spit and he rubbed it in his hands and then put it on a man's eyes and said, now go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And there were others that Jesus would touch. There were those that Jesus would just speak the word like he did Jairus' daughter. When you get there, everything will, everything will be all right and, and, and so forth. And, and Jesus would uh, do all different methods to bring about the healing that, that people needed. But here he does a blanket healing. He does 10 at one time. I think that's something to note that is very uh, noteworthy. That, that when he does that, he, he does it to 10 people at one time. Just, and, and, they just, and they just like a blanket. So God is able to single you out as an individual. He's to, he can go to you personally. He can do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to do the work, uh, even, even in the midst of while something else is going on. You just cannot, you just can't put God in a box. 
You can't define him in one way of doing something and expect him to stay in that manner of doing it. And, and that ought to tell us something, that we ought to be able to be flexible with what God is doing as well. And, and allow God to just do what he wants to do. Allow God to do it when he wants to do it and how that he wants to do it. In fact, that's part I'm about to give away tonight stuff. And, and, but, but here he heals 10 people all at one time, but he doesn't do it instantly. You know, they, I'm getting ahead of myself there. But these were in an unnamed village. And when Jesus is passing through this village, I mean, it, the, Bible, the, the Bible doesn't even take the time to name the place. It could be any place. That's about like Paul's thorn in the flesh. The Bible doesn't tell us what that thorn is. And therefore, whatever you've got going on in your life, then it'll fit into that, it'll fit into that situation. It doesn't have to be named. It, but God knows what it is, and God's able to take care of it. We carry our thorns in the flesh. We have our mountains that need to be moved. We have the things that stand in our way that we need God's intervention for. We are needy people. And God knows how to reach us where we are, regardless of where we are. You find that when these men stand afar off, that they're rejects and, and nobody wants them, that, that that's the people that God goes after. When Jesus, when he begins his ministry, he was at the synagogue in Nazareth and he read from Isaiah 61 and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he went to where the poor people were. There's, we're poor and needy. That's what the psalmist said. Lord, help me. You know, I'm poor and needy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So we, we are poverty stricken. We are needy. We, we need God's help. And sometimes we need him more now than ever. Jesus now more than ever. Jesus comes to this place, 10 men that were lepers which stood afar off. They were at a distance. They were isolated from community. They had a contagious disease that caused them to be thrust out from their family, to lose their livelihood, to band together as people who had one thing in common together. They were all lepers and they were isolated and pushed away and forgotten by everyone else. They stood afar off. They, they were to cry unclean. You talk about social distancing. They, they knew all about social distancing. It was much more than six feet. It was probably 60 feet. You didn't want to approach them because it was contagious. There are, there's a whole chapter in Leviticus about the, the uh, definition of leprosy and how to, how to diagnose it. And then uh, the, <clears throat> there's another chapter about the cleansing of the leper, how to declare them clean. So the Bible has much to say about it. It's, it's a type of sin that spreads through everything and permeates every, every condition of man. That's what sin does to us. But it says they lifted up their voices. They cried out. And right here, 
We, we got to learn how to open our mouth sometimes when we need help from God. And just say, Lord, I need your help. They cried out with a loud voice. You got to learn how to, you got to learn how to open your mouth and ask God for what you need. He knows what you need, but he, he, he knows what you have need of. But he says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Knock, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And he wants us to ask. He wants us to, to plead our cause before him. To say, Jesus, I need you. And that's what they called out. They called out Jesus. They didn't call. You got to know who to go to. It weren't long ago I preached uh, in the message I preached about that you got to come to a place where you know how to feed yourself from the word of God. Can't depend on the pastor all the time. You can't depend on the message that you get on a Sunday to keep you going all through the rest of the week sometimes. You need to get along with God and need to be able to, to feed yourself and need to be able to find something that'll help you on Tuesday and something that'll help you on Wednesday. And the answer's right here in the Bible and, and you, got, you, got to, you got to go to Jesus. And then they called him master as well. Master is a term that only the disciples used of Jesus. And here these 10 lepers are calling Jesus master. They were recognizing his ownership, that, that his right over them, the authority that he had over them that, that, uh, that I'm your servant and you're my master and I submit and you, you lead. And there's a lot of Christians that hadn't learned that yet. They know Jesus as their savior, but they don't know Jesus as master. You need to be able to call him master. And when you, and when you got a master, the answer when he says something is always, yes, Lord, what would thou have me to do? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say, Lord? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you hadn't, say, if you hadn't learned to say yes to the Lord, then, then you can't really call him master. Amen. They said, have mercy on us. Oh, I want to spend a little time right here about mercy. Mercy. I, in preparation for this message, I read a book that that uh, I, hadn't read, I hadn't read in a long time. Some of you probably hadn't read it in a long time either. I know I hadn't heard a sermon out of it in a long time, but the book of Lamentations. Anybody know, anybody recognize when I say the book of Lamentations? Right after Jeremiah. Jeremiah told them what was going to happen. Well, Lamentations is a book about after it, after it did happen. Jeremiah told them what was going to happen. Captivity was coming. They needed to return to God. They needed to get to God and, and they, they would not listen. Jeremiah is that old weeping prophet that, that just pleaded with the people to, to come back to God and return to God, to forsake their idols and to turn to God. And he said, Jeremiah says, you've, you've committed the evil of, of uh, turning away from the living water and you've dug out holes in the ground that, that, that can't hold the water when it comes. You've, 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 traded, you've traded the fountain for a mud hole is what you've done. Basically is what Jeremiah was saying. And he says, turn to the Lord and come back to the Lord. And 
or captivity and lamentations is when it's happened. How many of us have ever lost anything? And then how many of you got little children that have lost something and then they come home and they're crying and, and, they, and they, put their little, they put their little face on your knee and you're, you're rubbing their head or rubbing their shoulder and you're trying to comfort them the best that you can, but you know that you can't, it can't be found. It's gone. I remember my oldest daughter, uh, she had a birthday and she got about $80. For her birthday, she was a young girl in school and she took it to school and <laughs> she didn't have any better sense than to just show it to a few people. And next thing she knew, it was gone. Somebody had stole it. We never found out who stole it. And she was just, she was just brokenhearted over that. And that's just a little thing. That's, that's just a measure of, of some things that are so painful that we have lost in our lives. And, and they're just gone. And Lamentations is like that. Lamentations is like that. Except for when you get to chapter 3. In verse 22 and 23. You read where Jeremiah is writing again. He says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It's, it's, it's a wonder that we got anything left at all. But he says... His mercies are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. And the, only, and the thing about that is when you read just up above it, you can read where there's hope above it and hope beside of it and hope after it. So surrounded by hope, there's that promise of God's faithfulness and of His mercy. Of all the things that we've lost that God can restore to us. It's a wonderful thing when God restores the things that are lost. God, there's one parable after another about the lost coin and, and, and the lost son and, and the other things that are lost and, and when they're found, the lost sheep. And when they're found, there's rejoicing over their restoration and the finding of them all over again. That's what the Lord does for us when he, when he has mercy on us. And he restores to us the things that we've lost. David on one occasion said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Lord, I've, I've lost my joy. But God and God restored that unto him. They had cried out for God's mercy. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. How, we, we got several people that are as old as I am in here. I'm 69. And I hear the, December the 7th is the, is the deadline if you want to change or, or re-enroll for your Medicare benefits. You know, you can change them if you want to. I, I see Joe Namath, he was a football star when I was a young man, but now he's an old man. He looks pretty good for his age. I don't, he probably can't throw that ball like he used to for the New York Giants. But anyway, but anyway he says, you need to get all the benefits you deserve. Y'all heard that? You need to get everything you deserved, everything that's coming to you, everything you're entitled to. Well, sometimes we do feel a little entitled. But always God would, thank God he doesn't give us what we deserve. But he gives us mercy. What we don't deserve. Oh, mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Brother Randy mentioned mercy in his. There was a song that we sung about the blind man cried out for mercy. That's what we cry out to God. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. We've all cried that out. 
And we found that mercy there was great and grace was free and pardon there was multiplied to me. What wonderful mercy that God gives. There's an entire chapter in Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 136, because your mercy endures forevermore. Every verse ends with the mercy of God. What wonderful mercy. We, God doesn't owe us anything. But look what he gives us. We owe him everything. Not only is he our everything, we owe him everything. We certainly do. That's a reason to be grateful and have gratitude and thanksgiving. So Jesus, when he saw them, you know, he looked upon them. He sees me and you today. He sees us right where we are. He knows I've, 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 I watch people, and when I'm in the mall or somewhere like that, sometimes I think about, wonder where all these people came from. And in an hour or two, when they buy what they came for, or they do what they came to do, where they're all going to, they're all going to different places. We all got our homes, don't we? We all got our little places, whether they're large or small, or whether it's, whether it's one way or another, we all got a place to go and a place to be. And the Lord sees us right where we are all the time. I think about how that when Hagar was put out because she was the bondwoman and she was out in the desert and wondered if she was gonna die and the Lord showed her where she could get provision and there's a, there's a name of God that is given there, the Lord who sees. The Lord sees your need. The Lord knows where you are. The Lord knows your need. Isn't that wonderful that the Lord knows that? Amen. He knows everything about us, but he loves us anyway. Jesus saw them and he said to them, he just said, go show yourself unto the priest. See, that was what a leper had to do to get back into community, to get back, to go back home to his family to go back to doing the things that he was able to do before he contacted leprosy. He had to go to the priest and the priest had to carry him through a ceremony and then do a ritual over him. And according to the law, he would then declare, he had to sign off on it. The priest had to sign off on it. So Jesus was telling them to do what the law required, to go show yourself to the priest. So isn't that something? Jesus, that's all he said to them. I wonder, I wonder if you and I could accept our healing like that. Uh, if, if <clears throat> you know, sometimes we, we got our, we, we got what we, uh, I used to, well, well, we've all had dreams about how things would be when things happened. And we just have to take it like God gives it to us, don't we? Jesus, Jesus just says, he kept on walking and they kept on walking. He says, just go, show yourself to the priest. And they had, and that was their test. Didn't nobody turn around and say, what do you mean by that? Can you explain that to me? Uh, they just took Jesus at his word. They bound to heard about him. They knew who he was. This was toward the end of his ministry. It was around the region of Galilee. They, they had never made the connection before, but they made it today. And Jesus gave them that command to just go 
Continue on your way. Show yourself to the priest because there's only, that's the only way that you're going to get back into the community and enjoy the fellowship that you once had is to let the priest declare you clean. So they were continuing on their way and it came to pass. I, I like that. You know, when things are negative to us, when they're working against us, we can thank God that it came to pass and it didn't come to stay. But it came to pass that as they went, they were healed. Each step that they took, things got better. You know, they were walking under obedience. They were walking by faith. And every step that they took, it got better. They were moving forward. That's what you got to do. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep going on. <clears throat> you got to keep doing what you know to do till you know to do something else that God shows you to do. And you, and you just move in that. So they, as they went, as they went, they began to look at their condition. They, they could tell something had happened. And just like me, I could tell something had happened. Last Sunday, when I woke up, I couldn't speak. Oh boy, if I'd have had this to do last Sunday, I'd have really been in trouble. I'd have really needed a touch from the Lord. But, but, uh, but, but this Sunday, I was having difficulty too. But the Lord's touched me. I mean, the evidence is there. I know the difference. I, I, I can feel the difference. Thank God, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm going to make it till, till it's time to have the benediction. But as they went, they were healed. They could tell something was happening to them. And then something happened that is what is so alarming and, and, uh, and, just, and just explodes in front of us, what you might say. And one of them... When he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a small voice, he glorified God. Thank you, Jesus. No, he didn't do it like that, did he? He just made, a, he just made something out of himself, didn't he? He made a spectacle of himself, did he? he? He looks like he didn't care. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now the first part, the first part of that, when I learned, told you about all the parables and Galilee and all that, uh, I, I got that from a black preacher in Glen Arden, Maryland. His name is John Jenkins. I love to hear him preach. He's a, he's a preaching man. I, he, speaks, he speaks life to me. And I thought about the people that speak life into us. The people that we listen to do have an influence on our life, either negatively or positively. And uh, I love to hear, I love to hear him preach. And, and here's something from another one I love to hear preach. His name is Robert Morris from Gateway Church. He says, gratitude produces worship. My boy, that from him. Gratitude produces worship. And, and when I was listening to him, I tried to soak up this one and that one. You know, Charles Spurgeon says it this way. This is advice for preachers, but it's for anybody else. He says, he says, milk 40 cows, but then churn your own butter. So what you do is you listen to as many things as you can listen to, but then you formulate what God wants you to know. Churn your own butter. He said, gratitude produces worship. I agree with that. Speaks to me says there are 11 words in the Old Testament to, that speak about 
or they're translated either thanksgiving or praise. And there's seven that are most prominent. And those seven that are most prominent in the Old Testament, they are translated thanksgiving more than praise. And, and I'm just going to, you won't be able to keep up with me, but I'm just going to say this to bring us to a place. He says, one of them is Toda, which means like a Thanksgiving choir. And one of them is Barak. There was a man in the Bible named Barak. You remember in Judges with Deborah, Barak and Sisera. Uh, Barak means to kneel in Thanksgiving. So not only is it a gathering of people together that are thankful, Come, ye thankful people, come. But it's to kneel. There's a, there's a physical posture that's involved. To kneel or to bow in thanksgiving. Now one is Tehillah, which means to sing a song of thanksgiving. We sing songs of thanksgiving. Another is Halal, which is where we get our word hallelujah from. And Halal means to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. And I use the word foolish in a, in a Christianese way and in a, in a biblical way because Paul said one time, he says, bear with me in my folly. He said, I'm a fool for Christ's sake. So, so the word foolish can have that connotation to it. But uh, it's said tra translated as we use the word hallelujah. And I can say hallelujah in Spanish. I can say hallelujah in Arabic. Because hallelujah is the same in every language of the whole world. It's the one word that is, that is international and all, all gathering people together. Hallelujah means praise the Lord, but, but it means to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. That means sometimes uh, Pentecostal people have what's called a hallelujah spell once in a while. That's when you act like you don't know how to act. That's when the Lord blesses you to the point that you just you just excited about it, and uh, and then there's another one, yada, which means to give thanks with extended hands, and when there's a thank offering, the thank offering is given that way. The hands are extended and they're waved. The priest waves to bring a thank offering to the Lord. Sometimes seventy out of a hundred uses this word yada, where the hands are lifted up. Zamar means to give thanks with musical instruments, to play them and, and give thanks to the Lord. And then there's Shabbat, which means to give thanks with a loud voice. It's often translated shout in the Bible. Now there's one verse in the Bible that has four of those seven words in the same scripture. One verse that has four of them and this is the verse. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. There are four words that are there. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving is toda. That's like a whole gathering of people with a choir. And into his courts with praise. That's tehillah, to sing a song of thanksgiving. Be thankful is yada with your hands lifted up and bless his name is bowing in reverence before him. All in that one scripture, Psalm 100 in verse four, enter into his gates. I think that's a wonderful thing. 
Now that's not to get everybody to doing the same thing, like everybody clap your hands, everybody raise your hands, everybody do this and everybody do that, but it shows that there is, is to be an expression of our worship in some manner and in some mode to express our gratitude to the Lord. Whether we lift our hands, whether we bow in submission before Him, whether we sing with thanksgiving, whether we come together as a congregation, as a thankful people in oneness, and unity before him, but we express our gratitude to him. And this man gave him thanks. It's a wonderful thing. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praise unto thy name, O God most high. And in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks unto the Lord because he is mighty to save and to deliver. Give thanks unto him. And this man was a Samaritan. Well, I could say something about that, but I won't. Jesus answering and said, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Where are the, the rest? That you're the only one that came back to give thanks and to return and glorify the Lord for what he's done for you. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now the word whole there, I'm not going to so much give you a Greek lesson, but it's, but it's the word sozo, which is the same word in Romans 10 and 13 that says, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So ten, nine of them got their healing, but this is one of them who got everything. I don't know whether they got saved or not, but this one here got saved. He got turned around completely. He, he got a good dose of what he got hold of, and he was grateful for it. He was thankful for it. Do you remember the day the Lord in his mercy reached down to you, and he turned your life around? And he showed mercy unto you. Do you remember? I know you remember that day just as well as I remember the day. If, you, if, if you're here today and you've not done that, then the Lord, his mercy is great even now. It's extended to each and all and everyone. Those of you that are online, those of you that are listening by any way in fashion, by the radio, whatever, God's mercy is great. It's everlasting. His mercy is everlasting as the scripture says. And he's extended to you. And oh, how he wants to do for you what he's done for so many others. And don't you thank him for that? It's why we're gathered here in this service today. We're here to just show our thanks to the Lord and our gratitude. To show us that he is our everything. <laughs> and he has done everything for us. Now I've invited a choir to come sing for us this morning. And they're from the Philippines. Uh, this, this uh, when I entered in service, I asked Sister Jenny, I said, did that video, did, did it work? And she said, yes, it's working. I said, well, praise the Lord. In 1982, the song was released called My Tribute by Andrew Crouch, Andre Crouch. And during the pandemic, there was a dozen or more young people in the Philippines. I, I looked through several videos to find this and some of them were, were, but this one has the words. This one even has the words to it. And you can, if you want to sing along with them, 
you can do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if it gets good to us, we may loop it. But, uh, but I just want you to hear this today. And I pray that it'll touch you. And that tribute, you see, the words that God gave him to, for that song, I know it's old. And, but it reached all around the world. And I'm glad that these young people from the Philippines, it's... Uh, they're, they would be considered foreigners by us, you know, and they're doing a good job of it. There was one young man that I, I went to, a, I, I saw a video, if you can get that one, you just type in my tribute to God be the glory. And if it'll carry you to that church in the Philippines, I wish you could have seen that one. I had to make a choice which one to show you today. But they was about, in that church it looked like there was at least Five hundred to a thousand people. Everybody in the choir was dressed the same. The men had on white suits. I mean, it was just the color was just beautiful. And when they sang that song, you could the, the camera caught the tears running down their eyes, and you could hear some of them. You could hear one or two that would go, "Oh, hallelujah!" You know, during that song that was singing, and and the people in Philippines. They, they, they speak English just like us. I mean, they probably speak another language too. But, but, uh, but they're singing that where we can comprehend it. The words are there. I want, I, want, I want that to be played for the end of our service today. And whatever you feel like doing, if we have anybody here, if you want, if you want to come and fall down before the Lord and ask the Lord to save you, we'll pray for you. But that'll be our closing song, our, our invitation song. And, and I hope that it means as much to you as it did to me. Um, the words are just wonderful to it. My tribute. Some of you know what it is already. How can I say thanks for all the things that you've done for me? You know, the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. I mean, to God be the glory. Sister Jenny, could we play that? And I'm going to ask all of you to stand. And... You may want to lift your hand to the Lord in thanks. You know, now.
Thanksgiving this week. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash pine level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime. And listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.